listening to The Gender Rebels. I'm Kathleen, a cis woman and ally. And I'm Faith, a trans woman. Gender Rebels is a question and answer podcast that explores life outside the gender binary. A big thanks to our Patreon supporters. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash gender rebels. Hey everyone, I'm Kath. And I'm Faith. And we're the Gender Rebels. Yes. And today we're going to do something a little different. Uh, normally it's a question and answer podcast, but today I, I just wanted to sort of share something that, uh, kind of impacted me a lot and I think impacted a lot of other people in the community and that it is something that also brought to attention a lot of injustice and unfairness and difficulty in the world for trans people. And this is going to be not a fun, happy episode. This, yeah, I, I mean, we're at the beginning of it, so I don't know. This might not be the funniest one we've ever done. Yeah, uh, we'll do a fun one next week, we promise. Um, Please listen to any of our old ones. If you're not into this, that's totally okay. I'll tell you right now. Content warnings, trigger warnings. We're talking about suicide. We're talking about suicide and self-harm. And... This is something that trans people face This is and deal with on a daily basis because the world has basically told trans people that we are weirdos, that we are the other, that we are sometimes not fit to exist, mm-hmm. that we're that we're criminal, that we're... Ooh, or you don't exist. That we don't exist. You literally don't exist. Yeah, that we're perverts, that, you know, we're sinners. And, you know, depending on, on who you are in your situation, you may be getting that occasionally. You may be getting that constantly. and that You may, may have gotten that your whole life. Unending. And that may seem at times utterly and completely unbearable. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, having dealt with those emotions myself, I can say that I think there are times when it's almost natural to feel alone and hopeless. You, one might argue it's a very rational reaction yeah, to being isolated and deprived of hope. Mm-hmm. So there's a story that we we wanted to tell, and I I wanted to do this episode, but I was also reluctant to do it because I don't want this. I was worried that that this may seem exploitative, or what's, I'm not sure what else to say. Um, like yeah, like it is. It is so sad and so tragic, and you hear people talk about tragedies i don't know sometimes it's hard to tell if they've been personally affected by it or if they're jumping on the bandwagon yeah babe we know for a fact that you've been personally affected by this yeah this isn't even a little bit like hey johnny come lately it's it's like every single one of our listeners i think in some way has been personally affected by this whether it's our trans listeners or their their cis allies so we i wanted to share kind of um as sort of because 
we can't talk about everyone who's been through this mm. because there's so many people who have felt despair and felt hopeless and felt alone and felt like things were never going to improve in their lives, mm -hmm. felt abused, felt like they had no options, felt trapped. So that's, that's so many people. And so I kind of wanted to tell the story of a young girl, um, Leela Alcorn, who you may know, uh, you may have heard of her uh, and her story. And the reason I wanted to share this one is just because when I read about it, it just hit me so, so hard, so utterly hard, um, because she, in a way, she's me, and um, her letter could have been written by me. And, and it's just, and I don't say that to kind of plumb onto a tragedy or to plumb onto someone who's gotten attention because of a tragedy, but it's, it's literally, I was in a similar situation and, uh, at a similar time in my life. And I, every time I read her letter, it just beats me up completely because I can see how much I have in common with her and and how impossible it is for me to ever to reach out and be able to talk to her and say please don't do this yeah. um which I wish I could um but unfortunately taking one's own life suicide death is um is a decision that can't be undone mm-hmm and I really wish, you know, that I could have, you know, just been able to talk to this person. So I can't. And so I wanted to share it on this podcast. Because we can talk to you. Yes. And that's who we're talking to right now is you. You, the listener. I don't care how old you are. I don't care where you are in your transition. This resonates if you know about her already you know what we're leading up to if this is the first you're hearing about it oh my god sit down you're gonna not want to be standing for this yeah we can talk to you and you can talk to other people and they can talk to other people but we can't talk to leela and that's a tragedy that's just one of many tragedies but it is it's the tragedy we're looking at today. Mm -hmm. So Leela Alcorn was a young trans girl who lived in Ohio, um, born in 1997. She was assigned the name Josh at birth and assigned a male gender at birth. Her parents were very religious, Christian evangelicals. Carla and Doug. And they, she came out to her parents when she was 16, and they refused to accept it. That's Carla and Doug Elkhorn. Yeah. So what they did was when, when Leela came to them and said, I would like to transition, I want to talk to a therapist, I want to get on hormones, they said, no, instead we're taking you to a Christian gay conversion therapy camp prayer yeah prayer will fix this 
mm-hmm. said Carla Alcorn and yeah. Doug Alcorn. Mm-hmm. So, for those of you who don't know this, this, these pray away the gay camps, this gay conversion, it's it's not science based. It is not psychology based. It is not psychiatry based. There may be people who claim, you know, who have degrees, who have doctorates, who, you know, are licensed therapists who take part in this. Sure. There might be legitimate, mm-hmm. certified people who think this works. They are wrong. They're wrong. Everything we know about gay conversion therapy is that it's horrible abuse. And it's especially horrible abuse for people who are uh, children, as Layla was. And I get how it feels like a really fast affix for someone who is Christian and believes this is wrong. I get it. And someone who truly believes and really wants this to work, there are links down below of the actual scientific evidence. And you have to know, if you're if you're published in a peer-reviewed journal, people have critiqued that work heavily. This is as close as we have to the ground truth. Conversion therapy does not work. It is actually torture in the future it will be looked upon the way we look upon the tuskegee syphilis studies yeah or the spanish inquisition it's it's not it's it's not a great thing especially if you're a child um especially if you're a child who has found the courage to come out to religious parents and at at a young age and opened yourself up and been entirely vulnerable and completely honest, and then had basically your parents reject you, tell you you're a sinner, that you need to be fixed, mm-hmm. that torture is going to fix you, mm-hmm. and ultimately it didn't. Because of course it didn't, because it doesn't work. And it won't and, work, and it never works. And so in Leela's case, she, you know, kept dealing with this, admitted that she was a straight girl, mm-hmm. attracted to classmates male classmates Mm -hmm. her parents at that point decided that the best way to deal with this was to take her out of school (laughs) and to take away her social media and computer access so completely isolating her from everyone everyone listening right now knows how valuable it is to have those friends even people you've never met on facebook or reddit or insta or wherever you know how valuable that is yeah you know how critical that is you know how that can be a literal lifeline uh and uh carla and doug alcorn knew that as well they did and they cut out that influence so despite the fact that people at her school were actually accepting mm. you know which is fantastic she at a Christian kids, school kids or at her school? public school no i think she was at a she was at king's high school mm. and i'm not sure if that's a christian school or not um the name is ambiguous the name is ambiguous <laughs> Well, she's Kings Mills, Ohio, so maybe it's public school. Yeah. Kings. And um, so she ended up enrolling in, a, in an online school. Her parents took her away from her school. And she felt isolated because, of course, she felt isolated because they isolated that her. That was the whole point. And, you know, when she, once she, the, the few times she actually had access to. Um, and a few times she actually had access to the internet. She, you know, she reached out on Reddit. She had a Tumblr. She made connections with the people she could. And, um, 
you know, and and she had people telling her that what her parents were was doing was was child abuse, mm-hmm. and you know that she's going to hell. Her parents are telling her that she's going to hell. That God hated her. That all she's going to do is look like a man in drag for the rest of her life. Just really mean, fucking hurtful things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the most brutal things they could yeah. think of. They just wanted to fix her. Yeah, they know this is wrong, and they're gonna fix it. Yeah. And so she had, and so in this situation, completely isolated, suffering from abuse, having gone through torture and cut off from every support structure in her life, every healthy support structure in her life, she, she contemplated suicide and she told a friend that, you know, she called the suicide helpline. And kept calling and, quote, basically cried my eyes out for a couple hours a day talking to a lady there. Oh, my God. And. She actually called the help She did. Oh. And so prior to her death on December 28th, 2014, she wrote a suicide note on her Tumblr and scheduled it to be put up after her death and she was basically walking down the highway and we don't know what happened but she was struck by a semi-trailer a, a, you know an 18-wheeler um at 2 30 in the morning so she snuck out and had to walk three or four miles to get to the highway And that was the end of her life. And her suicide note is important. And I want to read this, okay, in its entirety. Because this to me is, it's the one thing really that she left for us publicly. And I want her word, her words have been heard many times. You know, this, this, made it made national international news but for a trans audience i just kind of wanted to share this and she writes if you're reading this it means that i have committed suicide and obviously failed to delete this post from my queue please don't be sad it's for the better the life i would have lived isn't worth living in because i'm transgender i could go into detail explaining why i feel that way but this note is probably going to be lengthy enough as it is. To put it simply, I feel like a girl trapped in a boy's body, and I've felt that way ever since I was four. I never knew there was a word for that feeling, nor was it possible for a boy to become a girl, so I never told anyone and just continued to do traditionally boyish things to try and fit in. When I was 14, I learned what transgender meant and cried of happiness. After 10 years of confusion, I finally understood who I was. Immediately, I told my mom, and she reacted extremely negatively, telling me that it was a phase, that I would never truly be a girl, and that God doesn't make mistakes, that I'm wrong. If you're reading this, parents, please don't tell this to your kids. Even if you're a Christian or are against transgender people, don't ever say that to someone, especially your kid, that won't do anything but make them hate themselves. That's exactly what it did to me. My mom started taking me to a therapist, but would only take me to a Christian therapist, who were all very biased, so I never actually got the therapy I needed to cure me of my depression. I only got more Christians telling me that I was selfish and wrong, and that I should look to God for help. 
When I was 16, I realized my parents would never come around and I would have to wait until I was 18 to start any sort of transitioning treatment, which absolutely broke my heart. The longer you wait, the harder it is to transition. I felt hopeless that I was just going to look like a man in drag for the rest of my life. On my 16th birthday, when I didn't receive consent from my parents to start transitioning, I cried myself to sleep. I formed a sort of fuck you attitude toward my parents and came out as gay at school, thinking that maybe if I eased into coming out as trans, it would be a lot less of a shock. Although the reaction from my friends was positive, my parents were pissed. They felt like I was attacking their image, hmm. that I was an embarrassment to them. They wanted me to be their perfect little straight Christian boy, and that's obviously not what I wanted. So they took me out of public school, took away my laptop and phone, and forbid me of getting any sort of social media, completely isolating me from my friends. This was probably the part of my life when I was most depressed, and I'm surprised I didn't kill myself. I was completely alone for five months. No friends, no support, no love. Just my parents' disappointment and the cruelty of loneliness. At the end of the school year, my parents finally came around, gave me my phone, and let me back on social media. I was excited. I finally had my friends back. They were extremely excited to see me and talk to me, but only at first. Eventually realized... Eventually, they realized they didn't give a shit about me, and I felt even lonelier than I did before. The only friends I thought I had only liked me because they saw me five times a week. After a summer of having almost no friends, plus the weight of having to think about college, save money for moving out, keep my grades up, go to church each week, and feel like shit because everyone there is against everything I live for, I have decided I've had enough. I'm never going to transition successfully, even when I move out. I'm never going to be happy with the way I look or sound. I'm never going to have enough friends to satisfy me. I'm never going to have enough love to satisfy me. I'm never going to find a man who loves me. I'm never going to be happy. Either I live the rest of my life as a lonely man who wishes he were a woman, or I live life as a lonelier woman who hates herself. There's no winning. There's no way out. I'm sad enough already. I don't need my life to get any worse. People say it gets better, but that isn't true in my case. It gets worse. Each day, I get worse. That's the gist of it. That's why I feel like killing myself. Sorry if that's not a good enough reason for you. It's good enough for me. As for my will, I want 100% of the things that I legally own to be sold and the money, plus my money in the bank, to be given to trans civil rights movements and support groups. I don't give a shit which one. The only way I will rest in peace is if one day transgender people aren't treated the way I was, that we're treated like humans with valid feelings and human rights. Gender needs to be taught about in schools. The earlier, the better. My death needs to mean something. My death needs to be counted in the number of transgender people who commit suicide this year. I want someone to look at that number and say, that's fucked up and fix it. Fix society, please. Goodbye. Leela, Josh Alcorn. It's so heartbreaking because I just feel like, girl, you were so close. <laughs> To getting out of all this, you know, and, but I know that, I know every single one of those feelings, you know, and I didn't, when I was her age, I didn't even have the courage to come out. Um, If you had, would you have been sent to conversion therapy? My dad probably would have, he always threatened to send me to military school and that probably would have been. Fuck. Which would have been worse. I wonder. Yeah, I had, I, I. I remember the bleakest part of my life. I was probably about 13 or 14. And I was dealing with absolutely tremendous bullying in school. Horrific bullying. Um, You know, I had teachers 
ignoring it or teachers even actively encouraging it. Um, coaches, you mean actively coaches, encouraging it? Yeah, yeah, can you we know, just call it a spade, a spade yeah, and I. I went to uh, well, I don't know the base. The basketball coach teach taught history, so mm, call it what you will. <laughs> but um, I was I I just remember coming home one day, and I I don't even remember what happened that day, but it was the same kind of horrific abuse that I had to put up with every day. I was different. I was weird. I was I was. You know, my parents didn't have a lot of money, mm. and that was, I was awkward and gangly and, you know, different and, and weird, and that's all that, that's all they needed yeah. to make life a living hell for me. Yeah. And I remember coming home one day and crying at age 14, which is like, you know, you're supposed to be all masculine. Yeah, man up! And just bawling my eyes out, begging to please not go to school tomorrow. Please don't send me to school tomorrow. Please don't send me to school tomorrow. My parents didn't fucking understand. They had no clue. And and they knew about the bullying. Did yeah, they know about the bullying? I don't know. I probably didn't tell them. Um, I mean, it's possible that after telling them about the bullying through 7th grade and 8th grade and freshman yeah. year, you were like, okay, that's not working, so no yeah. point in telling them. Um, but I remember that day just thinking, oh my God, I've got to get through, I've got to go through this again tomorrow. And again, the day after that, and again, the day after that, and the day after that, and the month after that. And I just went, what's the fucking point in it? I mm -hmm. might as well just kill myself. Mm -hmm. And no one's doing anything. No one's doing anything. And they're the girls. I really did. I didn't have any friends. And, um, you know, I, I don't. I don't even know why I didn't. I I probably just didn't have the fortitude to even do it. I'm so glad you didn't have I'm the fortitude. And I'm don't call it something good like fortitude. I don't know. I don't know the <laughs> wherewithal to to do it or to or really put anything into practice. I, you know, that despair is real, yeah, and that hopelessness is real, and that loneliness is real, and. What really just utterly breaks my heart about the situation with Leela Alcorn is just, I had all those same thoughts of like, you know, I'll never transition or I'll transition too late or I'm not going to pass when I transition or right. I'm not going to, or, you know, I am I just going to be dressing in I'll, drag every day? I'll look like a man in drag yeah. forever. You know, I thought I might, you know, I cross-dressed. I'm like, am I just going to be cross-dressing every day? Is that, is that basically what it is? And I, I, it's, it's just, it's like, I feel like it's, it's someone giving up when, literally hope is just like right there you know it's yeah and it's just so it was so close but there's no so way close. that they can know that i know she, there's and no way she could have known that she, if she'd held on through high school if she ran away if she just got to college if she just got to a big city but there's no way she could have known that and there's, there's no, no realistic way she could have done that no i mean and how do we get that out to the kids. And that's what I wish, that's what I really, truly heartbreaking thing about this is that 
is that it's it's someone who's so close to being better and in a better situation and but because their hopelessness and despair is so real and so overpowering today that that tomorrow will never happen and i get that she says in her letter that like don't tell me it gets better and that was a movement was that i, I think dan savage started that yeah i think it's a couple of people but it was you know the kind name of i've got in mind is dan savage hashtag it gets better it gets better and it's and it's she put that in it's, quotes in her letter yeah don't tell me quotes it's it, it gets, gets better, better is a is a wonderful sentiment i remember i made a video for it back in the day oh yeah yeah but it was it gets better is also like it's trite a little it's bit. It's shitty. Can I just say that, yes. please? Okay. It's true in a lot of cases, but it, it it's, it's, uh, it's sometimes not true. Case. But it's like don't but tell it's, me it's inadequate. Yeah, don't tell me it's going to get better in ten years because I have to get up. I still tomorrow. Have to go to school tomorrow. Yeah. And I think the thing about it is that. The one way you don't know, you don't know that life is going to get better and you don't, and it it could get worse before it gets better. It could be really amazing and then be bad and it might get get worse again forever. It might, you know, can we just be scientific here? It might get worse. I think it, but the one absolute way to guarantee that it only gets worse is suicide. suicide because that's the one way to guarantee it never gets better. And. We don't have the answers. Kath and I, Kath and I can only just, you know, if you're going through thoughts like this, if you're feeling hopeless and alone, I can say one where you're not alone. No. You're not, you're not the first person who's felt this. You are. You won't be the last. You won't be the last. I have, I have felt this myself and it is as real as a lead weight sinking you down. And all I can say is that there are helplines that you can reach out to. Links down below. I urge you, if you're feeling this, to please, please reach out. Because... Guys, seriously, we love you. I'm not even fucking kidding. It's... It's... Don't... And in this case, I'm going to tell you. This is the one time I'm going to tell you. Don't reach out to us. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Because that's not our skill that's not we're not qualified to I help want, you in this situation i want the first person you talk to when you're in this state to be someone who is trained yeah knows how to deal with this and can help you right away all we can do is bounce you to them we love you guys but go to the source get the help you need get the resources you need and again those links are in the show notes yeah all i can say is i know I know because I've been there that you really don't feel like you can reach out to someone. But I, I look back on my 13-year-old self I, I, and I, I think, oh my God, why didn't you talk to your mom about this? Why didn't you open up? I felt like I couldn't. I felt like society was saying, this is how things are and you have to, you have to accept this and you have to have a step up or live and, do, and deal with this and be a man and take it. Because um, everything in your life told you that. Yeah, but I, I never even reached out and, and who knows what could have happened if I did. And that's what, what we really want to say is reach out. Please reach out. I would. 
you know, it's it's been it's been five years. Four four years. Four years since Layla Alcorn's death. And I think of all the amazing things that she could have experienced and had in that four years. She was fourteen, and, so she'd be eighteen. No, she was she was seventeen. She was seventeen? Yeah. And so she would have been She's in college. She has a job. She moved out. She's just getting out of college. And so I think about you guys, college is a different world and is better in every possible way. I went through a rough period in college too. It was a very rough adjustment. But it college can be a wonderful time. And college is a great time to come out if you're LGBTQ. It's a great time to find a community if you're LGBTQ. Oh yeah. Find a bunch of queer friends. Yeah. And if you're not going to college, you can still find groups in your town. I mean, there's your job. There's your friends. There's queer groups. There's... Oh, my God. The world is so big. Yeah. And I I hate to see it just... It just really fucking stabs me in the heart when when I read that. And I just think... That was it. You know, Layla never got to see anything else or experience anything else. And suicide may look like an option, but this is true. People survive jumping off the Golden Cape Bridge. <coughs> Not many people do, but some people do. Mm-hmm. And the people who do have reported We'll link to a great article about this. Have have almost universally reported regretting it. The second they step into thin air. Yeah. Yes. What the fuck did I do? Suicide is, is irreversible. And people people who have survived their attempts, um, who have not died, have almost almost a hundred percent regretted it. And I wish that, I wish that I could just make everyone know that. <laughs> the ones that come back to report, report, regretting it. Can we extrapolate that to all suicides? It's impossible to say. Yeah. That is an impossible question. One of many. But plodding through, putting one foot in front of the other, getting through it until you are in control of your own life. You guys, it's so great to be in control of your own life. Yeah. It's so great. You, you could you could be poor and have 20 roommates, and it is so great. Yeah. All you have to do is get through today. And you can get through today with help. And there are people out there who can help you. Get through today. That's all you have to do. Sure. And tomorrow, you can get through tomorrow. But one day at a time, as they say, and know that there are people and resources. You may not see it, but there. You may not see it, but it can get better. It can. It can. But not if you give up. And I know it's shitty to say suicide is giving up, but. say 
giving in to that despair is is not gonna is the one thing that's gonna make sure that it never gets better. And so, so one way to make sure that they win. I mean, I don't know about that. But it's it's don't that focus would, it on them. That would motivate me. I, okay, yeah, that that was that's also kind of what has motivated me <laughs> <laughs> in some of my darker places. Yeah. Is is my my lust for vengeance? Yes, now, um yes. Actually, when I was in eighth grade, yes, it actually was kind of a lust for vengeance that all fueled those me. bullies are in prison now or dead. I don't know what's up with them. No, nope, I know. I I looked into. Yeah, it. all of them are in prison. Oh, good now or excellent, dead. excellent. Yeah. Um, it was a Christian school, so I'm sure there's a lot of people in jail. Mm-hmm. Um. Guys, listeners, if you're going through this, please reach out. We have links below. And we're sorry for doing kind of a downer episode, but this story just meant so much to me. And just every time I read it, just digs right into me and just feels, it hits so hard. It hits me so hard that I kind of just really wanted to reach out and say because i couldn't say it to layla i want to say it to you please get that help i don't want to lose any more people mm-hmm. than we have we need you for this army that we're recruiting for there'll be details in the future just you know just we need you yes but in all seriousness we we we've lost lgbtq people have lost a lot of, of our our brothers and sisters and siblings and we don't want to lose we don't want to lose anyone else. So please, guys, please reach out. Trained, helpful, caring, loving, informed, trans people are available to talk to. Those resources are in the show notes. Please, please use those resources. They are the ones who can understand you in a way that no one else can and can help you. Yeah. So... Happy episode next week. Happier episode. Happier next episode week. next week. We promise. Yes. We promise. So thank y'all for listening. Thanks for listening. And uh, have a good week. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to help us keep more great content go to patreon.com forward slash gender rebels we have many different levels of support and lots of great rewards including drinks with the gender rebels at stonewall please leave a five-star review on itunes that makes it easier for other people to find us and send your questions to questions at gender or find us on twitter at the gender rebels music for the gender rebels is by jasper the colossal Follow the link down below or download them on iTunes today. And for all our episodes, visit genderrebels.com. Gender Rebels is a comeback sync production copyright 2019. All rights reserved. And to all you gender rebels out there, keep rebelling. Bye. Bye.